On this edition of On the Mark with Mark Carmen, that's right, Tim Tebow on the program. Tebow talking about a bunch of things, including whether or not he wants to continue his baseball career. Al Horford now with the Philadelphia 76ers. What was wrong with the Celtics this year? And how will he partner with Joel Embiid? And our guy, Ethan Blumenthal. We're giving love to the World Series and short people all across the world. On the Mark with yours truly, Mark Harmon, starts right now. Before we get to Tim Tebow, let's talk some buckets to start the conversation today. Al Horford, class act, and he loves chocolate milk. I love chocolate milk. Al Horford, the newest Philadelphia 76er. You and Joel Embiid. I'm thinking this might, I mean, you have a four-year deal, but I think this might actually perhaps elongate your career playing with a guy, a big like that, who maybe takes a little bit of load off your shoulders. Uh, No question. Uh, It's something that I'm really excited about. It's a great opportunity, and um it's one of those things that I'm just glad that we're in here. We're coming in, we're working every day, we're figuring one another out, figuring the team stuff out. It's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. How's the chemistry been so far? Uh, chemistry's been good. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's been really easy to play off Joel. Um, uh, he, he has a really good sense for the game, um, and uh, and I'm really trying to compliment him in any way that I can. Do you think you'll guard more fours than fives? I think it's going to be probably about 50-50, to be honest. I think um, I'll I'll guard my fair share of fours, but I also will guard a lot of fives, too. Interesting move, Al Horford. I mean, you're talking about a great rivalry, the Sixers and the Celtics, one of the best in the NBA. And you having so much heart in Boston, but also looking ahead, you you want that title. So just if, if we go back a little bit, what was going on in your mind when you made the decision? You know, it was one of those decisions that, that it wasn't an easy one to make. But um, looking at uh, the point in my career that I'm at right now um, and trying to maximize my time uh, when Philadelphia came and, and I saw this opportunity of this potential pairing with, you know, with a guy like Embiid, um, I feel like he's a very special player. A guy like Ben Simmons is also a special player. So it was very hard for me to uh, you know to turn it down especially in these years that I feel like are my, my peak years but you're a young man Al you're only 33 and you're drinking that chocolate milk your recovery's coming easy right I mean this is we don't need to be looking at the end of the line quite yet yeah you know but, but you know I, I need to to make the most of it you know I feel like you know in a lot of years we I, I've been in teams that we've contended um but uh but here I think this is my opportunity yeah with everyone going small, you guys are kind of doing the opposite in Philadelphia. Do you think that gives you an, an edge? You got this big lineup? Well, we'll have to take advantage of it. I believe that one of our strengths is even though we're bigger, we have guys like Ben, like Tobias, like myself, that can play multiple positions, that can guard different people. And, um, and I believe that um, that's going to be played to our advantage. Yeah. I got to ask you about Kyrie and uh, one comment that he made – uh, moving on to Brooklyn, said, quote, all those guys in Boston last year just want to be great. We were all internally trying to be great. I think we don't think we were trying to be great as a team to meet at the top. A lot of stuff going on last season. When you saw Kyrie's comments, what was your reaction? He was speaking from the heart. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, there was some disappointment there where we wanted to be uh, as a group with that team, and we could just never get there. Um, and, you know, we all 
wanted to to do our part, but it just uh, we weren't able to materialize on it. Do you think that if he doesn't get hurt the year prior, you guys take it all? I'm, I'm not sure. I think that we would have had a, good, a, a really good chance. Uh, there's no question about it. But, um, you know, you just, I guess we would never know. Was that your, your most fun year in Boston? I mean, that team beat a lot of odds to get as far as you did. Yeah, no, no. That team, that team was a lot of fun. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, my three years in Boston were, were great, but that year was, was as fun as I had. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see Marcus Smart doing his Al Horford jumper on, on, on online at all? He's imitating you, Al. Oh, he, is, yeah, he used to do that when I was there. So um, I haven't seen it, but it doesn't surprise me. We used to get a good laugh out of that. How'd you learn that jump shot, by the way? How did I learn the jump shot? The way you, your, your form is unique. I mean, it reminds me kind of back in the day of a little, little bit of a Bill Cartwright look, Al Horford. What do you think of that? It could be, um, you know, it's just the way that I shot it. But uh, the one thing I can tell you is that, that it goes in. So <laughs> keep shooting it that way. That's that's the most important thing. I, I want to ask you about Ben Simmons and how you're going to partner with him. I mean, there's a guy that you know you run that pick and roll. He's going to get you the ball a lot. You you you're bringing him lunch at all, or is he is he doing the vice versa for you? Because you guys, I think, could make each other look real good. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, ben, ben is a he's a great passer and facilitator. I, you know, the little time that I spend with him here um, just keeps surprising me. Just uh, his awareness, his feel for the game, and, uh, and and for me, it's just making sure that I'm in the right spots for him because he he will find you. He does that. And he does it really well. Yeah. Do you look at the Sixers as the the favorite in the East? What would you say? You know, I'm not sure. You know, I, I'm not going to get into the, all the favorite things and all that, but I, I do believe, you know, in our team and our group, we can be really special. Al, you've always been a phenomenal representative for the NBA and for yourself. I'm, I'm curious what your reaction was to seeing everything that went on with LeBron and China, and I know it's an uncomfortable conversation, but, you know, here's a guy who's been great for players in the league and has done a ton off the court, and he ends up in the middle of the storm. Uh, you watching it, what was your reaction? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Juan expressed himself. He's become one of those guys that a lot of us in the league, we kind of look up to what he has to say, how he conducts himself. Uh, he's had a huge impact not only on the court but off the court. And in this world that we live in today, you know, that's that's a reality. You know, sometimes you're trying to do good and you're going to get exposed and you're not going to please everyone. Um, but I um, but I believe that he expressed his opinion, he expressed, expressed his mind. And, um, and, and as players, we all we always support each other, even though on, on, on the court we're trying to take each other's heads off. But, but off the court, I mean, uh, we're, we're supporting one another. Switching from the hardcore to the baseball field slash the gridiron slash he's getting married, Tim Tebow on On The Mark. Saw some video of you just recently going to a prison in Gatesville, Texas, and you were in a push-up contest, which you lost, which was stunning, but good effort, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it was a great effort, 100%. Hey, I'll tell you what. That dude was legit. I, I, I've lost two competitions in, the, in about the last week. I lost yesterday to two Army Rangers. Um, I was at uh, um, um, uh, Fort Campbell in Kentucky. Actually, last night they smoked me. And uh, last week I lost to an inmate um, that 
smoked me in push-ups, so I got to turn this trend around a little bit. Yeah, well, that's okay, though. I mean, your effort was strong, and I know you're about winning, but sometimes, you know, you end up on the short end. You learn from that. You move forward. What, what did you learn most from being around <laughs> – what did you learn most about being around the, the inmates at the prison, Tim, that had to, uh, you know, be big on your heart? I, I got to tell you, to be honest, it's, um, it's going to sound weird to probably a lot of people hearing this, but it's one of my favorite things in the world to do. Uh, my first time going to, to prison was when I was 15, and um, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've been on it. Uh, I've been in prison now and visiting inmates and going to death row and um, even got to see um, you know um, a couple of men before they um, went for their last days um, in death row. And... Um, you know, I, I'm a believer that the greatest form of love is to choose the best interest of another person and act on their behalf. And you know what? These guys can do nothing for me, um, but I can do something for them. And so, um, you know, why should they listen to me? Why should they care? It's because I'm going and there's nothing you can do for me, but it's what I want to do for you. And I want to care about you. I want to love on you. I want to talk to you. I want to share with you. And I want to be there to encourage you in, uh, in a very tough time. And, um, and it's, it's really it's uh, one of my favorite things um, to be a part of. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's something that is, uh, I'm very passionate about because most of uh, society has literally thrown, locked you up and thrown away the key. And so they say, um, because of what you've done, there's no more value or significance in you. And I believe that there is value and significance in every single person um, um, on earth because God loves humanity and he loves everyone. So we're called to love everyone. What what are those conversations normally like? Do they tend to go in one direction? What would you say? I say it, it, it's different for everyone. I mean, it's different for your background. It's different for your race, different in your religion. But I think, you know, what, what people are starving for, especially in prison, is hope. You know, they're, they're starving for hope. And, uh, I mean, I want to be someone that can share that hope from, from my faith as someone that I want to share the hope of that, that people care about you, that I care about you. Um, that, that's why we're here is because we care about you and, uh, and that you, that you still matter. You matter to God and you matter to me. That's beautiful stuff, man. I, I, I appreciate you sharing. I, I got to ask you a couple football questions cause we got to, we got to pay the bills over here too. Do you think Urban Meyer is going to, of course we do. Do you, do you think Urban Meyer is going to coach again? If you had to make a guess, I'll say, I think he's trying not to, I think, uh, he's found so much purpose in coaching and encouraging young men and, it, not just the, the the coaching and the winning, but I think he finds a lot of purpose. I know he finds purpose in it, loving and encouraging young men and developing the young men. And I think he, he wants to be able to find that same purpose outside of coaching and TV and speaking. And he's heavily involved in, in, in my foundation and, um, and trying to fix for people that can't fight for themselves, which he would, he would never talk about. Um, but he's made a big impact, and he loves being able to um, help, help kids in their darkest hour of need. And so I, I think it's, it's hard for him not to. I think that he wants to just be um, do all those things and be a father and a grandfather. And him and Miss Shelley just got done building a sweet house in, in an area of Florida that they want to spend a lot of time in. Um, but I think it's a, it's a constant battle and a, and a struggle. Um, and I think it's something that um, he wants to be able, I think, to stay away. But, you know, when you've done for something so long, it's also ingrained in you. Yeah, if you if you had to guess, or maybe had a preferred destination, if he did coach again, and I guess scratch that itch one more time, do you have any place in mind? I think it would be a place where he would be able to compete quickly, and a place where he would be able to 
um, get the recruits he wants and have the facilities and, and compete again for, for titles. There's so many you know great opportunities out there. The country's getting smaller as far as there's more places that can compete for titles, I think, now than ever before. Um, just because of travel and because the recruits can kind of before, a lot of recruits would stay in their area or their region. Now I think they're really flying a lot across the country. So I think there's a lot of places he could be that could be good fit. Were you surprised at the backlash that you got on social media with your wanting to keep college football as it is? People are coming at you, Tim Tebow. To be honest, yeah, I was a little bit surprised. But, but it wasn't that I want to keep college football where it is. I do think it needs to be changed. I think what was disappointing is most people took a one-minute soundbite out of a seven-and-a-half-minute conversation, and they took that as everything, which there was a lot of things I said beforehand about how what we need to change and what I said afterwards about I'd love to give these kids stipend and support them. And so they would take it as, you know, you don't want to support these kids. And, and I do. I want to support them. I actually want to support all of them. And I just think a piece for me of the name and likeness is only going to support a handful of them. But – but I want to support all these kids in the right way, and a student athlete first, but also being able to give them stipends, being able to give them support, um, but being able to give them support for their, their next opportunity and, and after sports because there's a reason why 78% of NFL players within two years of them leaving the NFL are, go broke. And, and, and so we need to be able to do a job of supporting them in every area so they're ready to take on life and we support them uh, because they are supporting their universities. And I think I want to find a balance of being part of the solution, um, not just saying a few of the problems. And for the record, I, I saw the stipend part too. I'm like, what did he say that was so controversial? Most people are exactly right there. So I appreciate you clarifying. Do you have a pick for the Heisman, Tim Tebow? Yeah, I'd say if I had to vote today, uh, I would vote Joe Burrow. Um, but he's also had the chance to play a few of his biggest games at Texas and against Florida at home last weekend. Um, and Tua's going to have a chance to have those games. Kurtz is going to have a few more games um, in front of him. Justin Fields has all his big games in front of him. So if I had to vote today, I think it's Joe Burrow. But I think I think Tua and a few other guys are going to have a say though about it in the, in the next couple of weeks. Do you see any similarities between you and Tua? I mean, Outside of the fact that you're obviously both left-handed, do, do you do you look at him and think, you know what, he kind of reminds me of myself? We play the game very differently, but I think that our family and our faith matter a lot to us, and that's something we've really connected on, and just being able to encourage him and support him. I just love who he is, what he stands for. And you know what, Tua is the guy that a lot of people wouldn't know this, but Tua would go up um, and, and go meet every single one of all the secretaries and everyone in the front office and the football offices and the president's office and AD's office um, when he didn't have to, but just because he wanted to know every single person and know them by name. And that's the type of person that Tua is. He's not just a great quarterback. He's a great representative for college football, his family, um, and his faith. It's awesome. All right, two more for you. Number one, uh, where are we at as far as looking forward to baseball going? Going, you're you're uh, you're 32 years old. You didn't have the season that necessarily you wanted. Ended injured, but uh, are are you open to playing next year? Yeah, totally, and I'm um, excited about that, and um, and you know excited about putting in the work to be able to get back to you know hopefully what I can get to, and um, also you know love having a chance to do that and, com- and compete and play a game that I love. It's beautiful. Tim, De- Tim Tebow Foundation.org. 
Last one here. Where, where are we at with the wedding? Do, do we have a date? How's the planning going? What, can I help you in any way? Oh, we're, yeah, we're working on that more than anything. Um, she's got me taking dance lessons, so I'm learning the foxtrot and the rumba. Um, so I'm working on that. I'm failing, but I'm working on it. So we, got, we still got steps to take. Have invitations been sent out? Maybe a couple, but why? Was that a hint? Like, do I need to put one in the mail to you? <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd love one. I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, is somebody coming to the wedding that you don't want there? Or did somebody say, no, they can't come, and you're kind of bummed out about it? Anything like that happening? <laughs> no, we try not to invite people that we don't want there. So we like having people we like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big thing, this wedding thing here, Tim Tebow. I'm, I'm in the middle of it myself. There's a lot it that goes on, thing. right? Yeah, it's kind of like a forever thing, so I get that. Oh, is there anything you've learned specifically from the planning? To be very supportive, to <laughs> be able to give uh, enough input to where I am interested in every, looks like I'm interested in every detail, <laughs> but then I'm also even more supportive when it's her idea. That was a pro response right there. You, you're, that's an A-plus right there, Tim. <laughs> Congrats. Oh, I appreciate it. Hey, Thank you. Great great to talk to you today. Great work with uh, AFCA and, and what they're doing with honoring the 22 young men and, and Dabo as the coach. Awesome stuff, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, Tim. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Fun time with you, man. We move on from the great Tim Tebow to the great Ethan Blumenthal. Tebow to Blumenthal. It's one of the great segues in the history of podcasts. I would say that is 100% accurate. What shirt are you wearing right now? Um, it this, says, I survived. It looks like I you were survived, on Survivor, but you weren't on Survivor. I survived Australia. Um, I lived in Australia for a year. You did? I did. How old were you? I was 22, 23. What were you doing in Australia? I was playing baseball. You played baseball in Australia? Corm, there's so much we don't know about each other. Yeah. How do you, how do you, that's such a berry of the lead. That's like, that's the only thing you should ever talk about I, about yourself. Yeah, I, I agree. I do talk about it a lot. A lot of people will say, yeah, we get it, Ethan. You lived in Australia. Um, yeah, it was a pretty cool, uh, it was a cool experience. You do play professional baseball? Um, I would call it that, yeah. I mean, it was, did you, you know. Get a, did you get a paycheck? A very small one. Um, I lived with a, uh, and all the expenses were taken care of. I, mean, I lived with like a host family. Um, a lot of the guys that were on our team um, had or were currently in the minor league systems in the U.S. Um, I was, uh, I held my own, was definitely not the best player on the team. Um, our first baseman actually was um, was signed with the Dodgers way back when. He's probably in his low 30s right now. Um, and he roomed in rookie ball with uh, Clayton Kershaw. You've heard of him. So that's the best we that's got. That's cool. That's the best that I've got we, is we that got I played with the first baseman who roomed with Kershaw um, or in single A, rookie ball, or whatever. How much was this check? I don't know if I believe you on the check. You said you got a small check. Do you have, copy, do you have a copy of the check? How is $150 a week? $150 a week? Australian, which is less. Okay, so you got like 78 bucks a week or $124 a week? I'm not. Good. I'm not a math doctor. Yeah. Let me let me let me Google this. Australian, one hundred and fifty Australian dollars. I want to say it's uh it's to it's, U.S. dollars. It's like seventy four, hundred and two dollars and ninety three cents. Okay. You made a hundred and two. Somebody paid you a hundred and two dollars in by today's currency exchange. A hundred and two dollars and ninety three cents to play baseball. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's huge. 
It's nobody's uh, it ever was, paid me to play an to athlete. To do anything? Not yeah. well, not, not not to do anything, but nobody's yeah. ever paid me to play a sport. Yeah. How was, many people can say that? You're an elite. You're you're you, I, you made I, We talk about that. I'm an elite. I'm an elete, you know, athlete. Yeah. yeah, but no, but this is a whole other level. Yeah. I, I have so much more respect for you now. Thank you. You're a professional athlete. I would Pro- <sighs> professional athlete Ethan Blumenthal. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Just, that, uh, just don't look at my numbers from that year, though. No, no, don't. I, numbers are irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. You, you played some shortstop. You played some second base. I was, played, I was playing center field center 90% field. of the time. The last inning of the regular season, I, uh, I, threw, I threw a couple innings. Or I threw a couple innings. <laughs> I threw a few pitches. Um, I got, like, two outs and gave up about seven straight doubles. You got two outs, though. I did get two outs, and I actually threw, like, two really good change-ups, and I broke a guy's bat, and I had to field my position once, and, man, it was all very frightening. That, that's I mean, But uh, it was fun, though. I mean, that's, I think that's really any position player's dream is always to pitch, and then any, like, relief, American League relief pitcher, you know, it's always their dream to, like, get an at-bat, you know? Right. And they look like an idiot. Dude, no, I, I, listen, I'm, I, all, everything about you right now is on a whole other level. Yeah, I so. think I actually hit two guys, too. Oh, <laughs> it was a long inning. <laughs> it was I, a long inning. Well, when I was playing Pony League ball, which is not professional Australian baseball, mm-hmm. um, I got two outs in a, in a Pony League game. And then they just got hit after hit after hit after monster bomb, and yeah. and then it was all over. All right, so we're here actually today to not talk about your baseball career, but right. to talk about short people. Yes, you are kind of a short person. I w- I would say that I'm not I'm not I don't know if I would I'm like I'm like average, right? Actually, I think that you know I would consider myself. We consider ourselves five ten, right? That's where we are. Yes. Right. I, I mean, I'm five ten. Five ten. I'm five ten. Listen, every now and then, does does it maybe say five nine and three quarters? Sure. Yeah, it maybe does. it does. Maybe, but you know what? The nurse puts down five ten because she's a nice lady. Not my nurse. Well, she goes straight five nine and three quarters. I'm like, hey, yeah, it's five ten. No, just give her five bucks. Yeah. Um. So uh, so I don't. So I mean, we're average height, right? But yeah. guys like Jose Altuve, Tariq Cohen, yeah, uh, those. Those are short guys. Yes, and what happened yesterday, if people missed it outside of the Bears getting walloped uh, by the Saints in a score that was not representative of how bad they got kicked, 36-25, Tariq Cohen was a picture from Barstool Sports, and they showed a couple of the Saints defensive backs putting their hands up on top of their heads, just illustrating how short Tariq is. And then Tariq responds to the Barstool tweet at Tariq Cohn. This tweet's so stupid, you all act like I don't know I'm short. Which I actually thought this was a great tweet by Barstool and very funny. And the fact that Tariq Cohn is acting like he did something when he made one of his nine catches, which sounds good, but then you see it was for 19 yards. (laughs) And he's talking smack. And these guys are like, look, little man. You can don't be talking smack when you're picking up two yards a catch. Get the hell out of here, and then you know, and then Barstool picks it up, and it's been but like I, but I do plus times. I do think that that's a pretty low blow from the Saints. Do you get that? Do you get that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I think it's a low blow from the from the Saints. You know, defense there. I mean, listen. I mean, you know, you got to do that. You're you're killing the team. You guys are winning. At one point, wasn't it thirty six to ten? And then we gotta we gotta be talking about people's height. You know, there's probably a mother reference thrown on in there. I'm not. I wasn't there, but I'm just guessing that's what kind of happens in those kind of scrums. 
Well, it, it could have been, and, and it was not just Tariq, by the way, that was that was reacting online. Not a short guy, but a tall guy. Yeah. Allen Robinson is getting into it with randos on Twitter. Uh, Aaron, at Aaron Nagler, I have no idea who that is, but he's, he writes, Allen Robinson talking trash after scoring to bring his team within 20. Allen Robinson responds to Aaron Nagler, which mm-hmm. is like, the, I mean, might as well be responding to at the Carm on Twitter. Right. Keep my name out your mouth. Not out yo, out yeah. your mouth. Out your mouth, okay. Yeah. And then and Nagler writes back at him, sure thing bears wide receiver one, which by the way, don't be going at don't be going at Allen Robinson, Aaron Nagler. He is wide receiver yeah, one. Yeah, he is. The yeah. dude, dude's playing like he's a, wide he's, receiver one, two, and three, he, maybe. He, he looks like he's going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Robinson writes back, Thank you, whoever you are. Okay, right. Sounds I, like a, that's a nice internet. You just you described the nicest internet exchange anyone could ever see on Twitter. And then my TV guy friend Cameron Smith, who does great work, he, he writes at Robinson too, saying, "What you know, not understanding why Tariq Cohn and then Allen are jawing with the Saints. Whatever you're saying serves no purpose. You look foolish." Robinson writes back, "You look foolish. Literally, you probably have never had to compete at a high level before, so I don't expect you to understand." And the, the funny thing is, is that I know that Nagy said after the game uh, that, you know, the Bears are going to drown out all the negativity. Right. And then, like, seven seconds later, everyone's on Twitter, like, fighting back at some dumbass responses and dumbass, you know, tweets and things like that. So, I, it looks like they are shutting out the negativity then. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, they're they're embracing. Embracing the negativity. negativity. Now, now embracing. And... Uh, you know, I don't. If you wrote at Allen Robinson, he said you probably never learned to compete at a high level. Yeah. Bringing it back to Ethan, listen, you could be like, look, you see this check? Yeah, <laughs> hundred and two bucks in uh, in American money to play baseball professionally for, yeah. in Australia. So, what was so, the name of the team, by the way? Um, we were the um, Pine got, Hills Lightning. The Pine Hills Lightning. Yeah. Do you, can I? Can I? Can I? Do they still exist? They uh, do. Um, it's really a. Um, I would say it's it's in this it's a it's a minor league uh, Australian team. To really lower myself here, yeah, um, I'm I'm typing it up here. Pine Hills Lightning Baseball Club. It at the address is two Pine Hills Drive, Bunya, QLD four forty fifty five Australia. Phone number sixty one. So I actually yeah. I actually have a a buddy an Australian buddy who who I met while I was in Australia. Brisbane. And Brisbane, it's Brisbane. Brisbane, excuse yeah, me. Don't yeah, keep keep uh, the name bad. out keep the name out of your mouth. Illinois. And uh, so yeah, so they um uh so he might have a buddy coming. He's going to be here in February from Australia. If you want him to uh, if you want him to be on the podcast, we can probably get him on the podcast. He has a terrific Australian accent, as they all do. Pine Hills Lightning Baseball Club. The latest news is that there's online registration is now available. You can register for the 2019-2020 season. Click here. This year we'll have two options to pay. Do we have? Do we have to? Well, well the, the whole club is the whole club is is uh, you know it's for younger kids, and then we we were the main team, you know, and then there's a million other teams under that. So we a lot of what we did was also you know we coached, played, played over the weekend, and then we coached the rest of the. So day. you really were getting paid to coach and not to play. Did I figure this out correctly? You were more of a coach of youth guys, but that that also had a team, and you got to play. Is that more accurate? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I don't like to think of it that way. Um, but uh, you know, you uh, you know, you wanna you wanna you wanna dig up what you can. Um, I'm just looking. I'm no, not, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a, um, I'm, a, I'm a journalist. I'm yeah, a no, I, no, I understand. I'm not really um, a journalist. Yeah, so I would say that yeah, maybe that's a little more accurate. It's to pay um, all fees up front but, in full. Uh, but the uh, but yeah, I mean, it is it's a club. So that was part of they bring on three overseas players i was one of the three every team and most european leagues have the same kind of thing and then the idea is that we with our vast american baseball knowledge um you know try to bring in some good american culture and i will say this about the australians and a lot of great things about the australians but the whole concept of really of really like practicing and, and working really hard in the way that a lot of like your high school team or your college team does here in the states did not quite exist uh, in uh, in the great country of Australia, which it is great, a lot of awesome things there. Although it's basically just America, but we drive on the other side of the street. If you guys uh, believe that Ethan was a professional baseball player, please tweet at me at the Carm, uh, confirming that I believe Ethan to be a professional. Or if you think that he was just a kind of a youth coach that's claiming he was professional, you can you can go that way. Uh, not to put you on blast. No, right? yeah, put me on 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 whatever you got to do. I mean, I think this is good. This is this is good podcast right here. The Pine Hills Lightning Baseball Club is a baseball club that participates in the Greater Brisbane League competition and the Brisbane Metropolitan Region competition that sounds legit i mean right there that's 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 right there pine hills lightning baseball club is around 250 playing members of which you were one of three and teams throughout all age groups juniors start from age five on up all the way to the seniors you were a senior i was a senior yeah remember yeah. when i was had when i was a four-year-old at the at the tennis place this all comes back oh, <laughs> <laughs> when you when you were a four year old getting the four year old rate, yeah, getting the yeah. four year old rate, uh, which which. But you were impressive because you were a four year old that was still paying for yourself. Most of the four year olds, their parents pay it for them. Right, right, right. So that's really uh, that's really kudos to you. It's kind of full circle. Which as we wrap up our little people conversation, we yeah. don't want to leave out the World Series. And, Thank you. And the I, I know I know yeah. and the Astros getting there, courtesy of little man Jose Altuve. Which I have a great story about Altuve that I want to tell you in a second. I love a great story but, about Jose Altuve. But what, what did you what did you think of the Araldus Chapman smile as Altuve set one into the night? Yeah. And my buddy Robert Ford, the radio voice of the Houston Astros, went bananas in his booth, and that video made I don't know a million views yeah. worldwide of Ford going nuts. So first of all, I was uh, on Saturday night. I was out. Um, I was out at a bar. Um, had had a few drinks, I would say, uh-huh. and I was so excited when Altuve hit that home run. And I was, I mean, I was excited also, honestly, just because of baseball. I'm a baseball fan that DJ LeMahieu hit a two-run home run to tie it in the ninth. I mean, that's, you know, we need a little drama in our lives. Um, but then the fact that Jose Altuve, he's, he says he's five foot six, but I mean, he, he looks like he's five five. Can we agree on that? I think he's probably listed a little bit taller than he actually is. He might not be five six. That's he's kind of he's a small person. Or all this cha- how tall is Rawls Chapman? What is he? Six. Rawls Chapman. Well, six ten. I mean, he's he's a big. I, I want to say he's six four, but let me just let's get an accurate Rawls Chapman height. He's six four. Karma, six four. Okay. Karma. Just karma. So impressive. Yeah. I'm so impressed by karma. <laughs> he's a good. He's a karma's got a lot of talents, guys. Um. So it's that's so he's a literally basically a foot taller. Can we just we could say he's about a foot taller? Sure. Foot taller. Yeah. A foot taller. And somehow I also never, when I watch Altuve bat, it feels like he's standing so far away from the plate. I don't know how the hell he hits an outside pitch. Um, but then this ball, then uh, 
Chapman throws the worst pitch he could possibly throw, like an 84-mile-an-hour slider out over the plate. And it was just – it was a beautiful thing to watch that little tiny man crush a ball 7,000 feet and then watch Eraldis Chapman do a weird smile like that. What kind of smile is that? It's like it's like he just – It's the smile of I have no idea uh, what to do right now. I just experienced the worst moment of my baseball life yeah, smile. But yeah. everybody wants to kill him for the smile. Yeah. Look, man, people – I mean, I don't care about the – yeah, I mean, you know, once he, once he gave it up, I mean, I'm sure he didn't want to give it up. Uh, but it was a weird reaction, though. I was just very happy that that smile did not occur in 2016 because that smile was awful close to happening in 2016. I mean, yeah. Jason Kipnis took one down the right field line yeah. that could have very – easily landed I mean uh, about 30 feet to the right and it would have been in the seats and 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 the Cubs would be on a 111 year drought or whatever the hell it would yeah be. So, um it, I mean it was the uh I mean he, he did give up the, the tying home run in game seven so that, he, that could have been the smile right there had the Cubs not uh put together a, a comeback in the in the 10th there right uh I, I thought you had some really funny tweets by the way at and he can pass thank it. you yeah. yes you know yes. it's it's depressing having so few twitter followers when you Why do blast you, off so many sweet tweets let's read some of my tweets can we read some of my tweets yeah i mean you had some great tweets i yeah. don't understand how you only have 66 followers it's You're, 69 now and i you know i mean that's obviously a hilarious number and in a lot of ways <laughs> i like to keep it there um, but if I, I either want to get like 69 or I'd like to maybe have some sort of a derivative or like, you know, 6,900, 69,000, um, How at some long point. have you been on Twitter and only have 69 followers? So I've been on it for like a long time, but I didn't tweet for like five straight years. Um, okay, so and you, if it's only been, uh, it's only been, okay, so I'll just read out some, some classics. I love Jose Altuve, like a fat kid loves cake. Um, that seems. And this, I was also, I was at this weird thing. If I could start Altuve in my fantasy football game tomorrow, I would. Um, I think it's the picture, the, the you in the in the in the in the lake. It, it looks like you're doing something that's just kind of confusing, and I think that's throwing people off. Is it, you think that's what it is? I, I think you got to work on the what do they uh, call it? The banner. Yeah. Um, at a country concert right now, when there are more flannels than the U.S. has debt. Oh, I love that. I mean, that's a good tweet right there. I thought that was great. I thought your tweets were outstanding. Thank you. Um, I, I love your, I love your, your, your bio. I started doing comedy because my mom thinks I'm funny. Thank I think you. that's funny. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Too soon to brush my teeth because I really want this drunk burrito taste to linger. I mean, it's, a good, that, it's, it's a, gross. Maybe a little gross, but I think it's funny still. Um, so you're like me. You kind of make tweets you know. to amuse yourself. Well, it does amuse me for sure, hundred percent. And then I sometimes I read them to people like this um, because I only have like one friend. Uh, shout out to Sean Sullivan if he listens to this. Um, and he pretty much likes every single one of my tweets. So as long as I go back and look at and look at Twitter, I know I have one notification at least, and it's from Sean, and it says, "Hey, man." I'm like gonna, a tweet. I'm going to do you a solid and yeah. start liking every one of your tweets. Thank you. I yeah, I mean, don't be afraid to throw some retweets at me, too. Yeah, I, the whole retweet thing, then, then I'm... Whoa. Then, I mean, nah, I can't... What's I can't, wrong with I, the retweet? I can't commit to that. What well, do you mean? You're, you know, you're not really, like, you're not, like, say, breaking news here. Um, too soon to brush my teeth because I really want this drunk burrito taste to linger. Okay. That's a tough retweet. Okay, right you, I'm not saying you have to retweet that one, but what about, do you think if Chapman could go back, he probably wouldn't throw an 84-mile-an-hour slider up and over the plate to one of the best hitters in the game? Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. No, okay. Hey, what about um, what about what about the I love Altuve like a fat kid loves cake? See, now I feel bad about fat kids, so I wouldn't retweet. Oh that. God! What about the country concert thing? That's just a funny thing. So right, but then now uh, I'm now I'm going to country. Give me, people. give me, give me. Can I? Can you tell me what treats you've retweeted so I can see what would it take for Mark at the corn to retweet I just, me? I well, I retweeted uh, Adam Hogue from WGN Radio his his Bears thing. I retweeted that. Because I thought it was a great piece. 
You know, I'm, I, you know, I so you're, so you're about, you're about really good journalism. You don't like, nah, I know. you've been I, shooting I mean, off a couple I'll, of drunk I'll, tweets. I'll, I'll, let me, let me, uh, let me, let me go into the current profile of what I, yeah. what I retweet. I, you know, I've got standards here, Ethan. I can't just re- be retweeting random funny so things we, that you say that I find funny, but might not necessarily be found funny. But maybe by. they will be, so you don't know if you don't try. I mean, give it a couple, give it a couple and say, hey man, Carm, what great taste you have that you're retweeting this hilarious guy. Right, right. Well, um, let's see here. Um. Uh, I don't know here. Oh, this is this is this is my best tweet in a while. Yeah. Future Ethan is gonna be so pissed when he gets back to all that unfolded laundry I left on his bed. Ha ha ha! What an idiot. Corn. It's, it's decent. That's. I mean, that's I, that's I, top I re- show. I retweeted at AP Sports Jordan getting emotional on his unveiling of the first of two medical clinics. I mean, that's a legit retweet. That had forty-four thousand views. I retweeted a Danny Parkins piece on Deshaun Watson that I thought was sweet. I retweeted a Steve Cochran thing on Representative uh, Cummings, Elijah Cummings. You know, if I, then so I start good. throwing in yeah. like you know your birthday cake, fat kid things. That's just you well, know, okay. So I'm just, I mean, you know, brand. pick pick the pick, yeah, but it's okay. But you know, maybe your brand needs to you know. what I mean, listen, okay. you got some followers, but you could you could use a few more followers. No, I yeah, no, I definitely I I'm I'm very depressed by my followers. Here's a here's a here's a question um, that I posed to my my 69 followers. Um, does anyone actually use the flap on your underwear? Do you know what I'm, ta- you know what I'm talking about? You're talking about to open up the thing to... to yeah, to go to... To take the number one action? To take the number one action. Does anyone use that thing? I didn't even know it was called a flap. I mean, I called it a flap. I don't know if that's the official term that, like, Haynes, you know, developed back right. in the day. I, 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 it's been a while that I've ever used the flap, but I've used it in my life. Really? But why? It doesn't... It seems really impractical. I mean, right? But just, somehow they've convinced like, us that this is how our underwear should look. I mean, I think that the main reason to use that is just to have the challenge that you can prove to the underwear people that you know how to use that thing. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's how I do it. Uh, you, I always thought when I was... I always had it, you know, when I was younger, you know, you wear you know briefs box briefs whatever and then um i always thought oh maybe when you're older it makes sense to use the little flap that they give you and now i'm older and i'm like it's no it's still stupid yeah you know, well and we can wrap up with this i always just <laughs> well you know what i find very confusing yeah. about that whole scene mm-hmm. why why is it that like the the apparently we just believe that there's like a million germs hanging out down there mm-hmm. you know i mean do you, I, I don't do see do why, mean? like, when you touch the little guy, why, I, why, why do you got to wash your hands on that? You're just touching. The, so, why, why is I, that? Yeah, I, seriously. So I kind of agree, right? What is the difference between me touching like that and me touching my arm, which right. no one would wash well, their hands after doing what's that? What's the difference? And this thing's the, the little guy is protected. He's not getting yeah. dust on him. The one thing that I would say I mean, is that. I mean, if you get something be, on him that's right. on, the, on the release, okay, fine, I got it. But, like, right. well, I, that doesn't happen. Right. So why is that Why is that such a thing? So why I, do I always got to, you know. I totally. If I have a clean. Right. If I have a clean process at a right. you know at a restaurant right. or and, and or a ball game, right. why do I got to wait in line to get you know? Right. I I, I hear you. I'd say the only argument maybe is like because it's in an and in, in a high sweat area. High you know sweat what I mean? area. That maybe there's more bacteria there. Like if I don't know if I were to stick my hand into my armpit, um, I might say yeah, okay, I kind of want to wash my hand right now because it's kind of it's kind of sweaty in there. Now if you, I mean, listen, we we get down to the nitty gritty. If you're really just touching, you know, little carm there, I mean, it's it's that's that itself is not sweaty. Listen, I don't know, I, you right, know, but I, I agree. I'm agreement. You know, we touch. I'm touching my other hand right now. Or do I need to wash them both? I could touch my hair, my right, my your hair. face. I mean, all sorts of things. I mean, some know, people, some people, they just nonstop wash their hands. It's maybe. true. I mean, but if I shake your hand, you know, I mean, I'd still, you know, I maybe I'd, I'd probably eat something, right? And that's just as unsanitary. It's got to be us. Worse, unsanitary. Way worse, way worse, way worse than worse. right. But people. 
people would definitely do that more so than go to the bathroom right. and not. I'm not if you're going number two though. I think we can both agree. You should yeah. wash your That's hands. That's another animal. Yeah. All right, Ethan. Good to see you. It's always a pleasure, Garm. <laughs> My final thoughts, I want to talk about the World Series. And first off, a good friend of mine, Robert Ford, who I worked with in Kansas City, who's now the voice of the Houston Astros, the radio voice, and he's been on this podcast. Robert's a great guy. And he was showing so much passion in the booth that his engineer, Matt Boltz, videoed him, put it out to the world, and there he is, play-by-play guy, standing up, going crazy. And we know the rules have changed for play-by-play guys throughout the, you know, you can't criticize teams like you used to you'll lose your job teams have so much control but you can show a ton of enthusiasm and a lot of guys are just really in that box of just keeping it perfect and sounding great and Robert does sound great but I loved seeing just a guy jumping up and down in the booth having that youthful enthusiasm it was awesome now Ethan was talking to me about Jose Altuve so I'm going to tell this story in final thoughts the Houston Astros I used to work at Houston doing radio. They were the worst team in all of baseball, losing 100-plus, 110-plus, and they were able to stock their team with the George Springers of the world. But Altuve was already there, and it was a game in September, and there were maybe, if there was 1,000 people in the stands, it was right at 1,000. It could have been 500. And so Jose Altuve was at the plate, And we got in a chanting thing with Jose Altuve. Altuve. And the Astros play in a dome. So it was literally ringing throughout the entire ballpark. And you could just hear it echoing. And so then I'm driving home listening to the Astros postgame show. And the host was talking about like the great atmosphere in there. And I was like, this is embarrassing. That was the worst atmosphere I'd ever seen in a baseball game. So I called in. And I was on the radio on another station, and I, so I had to bust it in my other voice. I'm like, hey, man, what you talking about? That atmosphere was worse than the, that was like a library. I've never been to a worse place. And he's like, well, what do you mean? Well, why don't, you know, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, dude, I, I'm telling you, I've never seen a baseball game that boring. He's like, well, why, well, why, if you think it's so bad, why don't you come out and support the team? And I was like, I did come out and support the team, man. I was the one who was yelling Altuve. And he said, that was you and I'm like yes that was me and I and I was so proud that it rang throughout the stadium that the post game show guy knew exactly what I was talking about that was me man I was screaming Altuve so I did my part and I'm doing my part right now hopefully trying to entertain you just to drop in you're doing your part for checking out on the mark please tell a friend please subscribe give a rating we greatly appreciate it thank you to Tim Tebow for being on Al Horford Ethan Blumenthal, and again to you for listening. On the Mark comes out every Monday afternoon. We'll see you next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.